in-depth and God-filled conversations with some of the brightest names in contemporary Christian music and worship. This is The Artist Interview with Gordon T. And welcome to this week's episode of The Artist Interview. I'm your host, Gordon T, and it is my absolute privilege to scour the world of contemporary Christian and worship music, finding some of, well, really gifted, talented, anointed people bring you their stories and their music. And it's an absolute privilege this week to bring to you none other than Phil Wickham. But before we meet Phil, let's hear this first track from him. It's House of the Lord. And that was House of the Lord by Phil Wickham. Hey, Phil, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you, Gordon? I'm really well. Thank you for making time to join us today on the Artist Interview. You know, I would reckon that probably most of our listeners will have at some point sung songs that you've written. Um, but it'd be great if before we talk too much about, well, your life story and all the rest of it, which would be great to hear, if you told us just a little bit about House of the Lord, that song we just heard. Oh, yes. I've loved singing that song over the last couple of years, but it's funny. I wrote that song. It says, there's joy in the house of the Lord. So I wrote that song in a, in a year back in 2020 where we our, our house, our actual church, wasn't meeting. Um, we were doing all the whole online thing, you know. And I also wrote it in one of the most uh, kind of down, depressing, dark times of that year for me personally. My wife actually said, Bill, you always tell people when they're feeling down or feeling discouraged, you always tell them to just thank the Lord and praise Him. Why don't you just put your money where your mouth is? I was like, okay, I'll try it, you know? And by so, in a little context, obviously, we're all having a weird year in the house, locked up. Kids were sick. We bought, we bought what we thought was a golden doodle dog. Um, but we ended up getting conned. It was just a dog, uh, like a mutt from Mexico. They dyed brown, gave our whole family mange. We're covered in, we're covered oh, in. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. We thought my, honestly, this is not something, I'm not joking. We, we thought our, our, our son had um, a, a skin cancer because it was so bad all over him. We took him to the doctor that, and they're like, do you have a dog? And we're just like, what do you mean? And we found out we had this anyways, horrible time, right? <laughs> Our dog ended that up. Doesn't, actually, that doesn't sound nice. No, um, <laughs> and, and so our dog, all their its hair fell out, turned white. Anyway, she's still with us. She's great, but she's not a golden doodle. Um, and so all that's context. Say, so go write a, a praise song, Phil. I was like, I did not feel like writing praise. I felt like writing a lament, you know. And uh, and so I went up and was like, you know what, God, I'm going to say talk about who you are, what you've done. And who I am in you. And so if you listen to that song, it's like we worship the God who was, the God who is, the God who always will be. We sing to the God who heals, the God who saves, the God who always makes a way. And so that's who you are and what you've done. And the bridge is uh, we were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. And I tell you, 
by about an hour and a half in like so when that song had i had nothing to about an hour and a half later i had the bones of this song i was singing out praises to god i just as i was getting my mind off of and my eyes off of the the world the peripheral up to the vertical uh my whole perspective changed and i just started laughing about what had been going on in my house i started thanking him for the work he's doing in the world in my life i started thanking him for his presence and so for me uh, it's a that's a funny song because everybody talks about oh, it's so joyful it's so and i just remember back to it like with my kids covered in names just like i'm so glad god uses that song to bring joy because he actually did to me too writing it yeah wow i've got to say unusual story and probably <laughs> really helpful because it's kind of like real life with things just not going how oh, we planned real. you want you wanted to get the dog i guess to be a real treat and then i'm hoping <laughs> i'm hoping the dog is a treat now she's great you know she's she is a good she's a good little dog but she's she's not what and it's just a, i'm sure there's a, a bunch of sermons in there just we didn't get what we expected but God used it um, to point our hearts to him in a bigger way. So we're thankful for that. That is that is cool. Yeah. Okay. If you just got the dog you wanted, you'd have just been happy and not had the opportunity to write that song, which I'm sure has been a it's blessing true. to a lot of people, actually. So got to be thankful for that dog. So, okay. Um, I guess people would probably like to know a bit about your journey um, and growing up, what was life like? At what point did you actually for yourself decide that the Christian faith was true? Um what did that process look like and, and where did music fit into it all? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm hugely thankful to have grown up in a house uh, that ha- I had parents who showed me very clearly what it means to follow Jesus. Um, and they still follow Jesus today, very faithful Jesus followers, and also have been musicians and worship leaders that my parents have as long as I've been alive. So I grew up in church. I grew up knowing about God. Um, I grew up seeing my parents up in front of people at a pretty big church on stage, but also being the same Jesus worshipers at home. Um, and so I think that was a huge uh, impact to my life of showing me the reality of God, the reality of the life-changing power of Jesus and the gospel. And and uh, and so when I was uh, 12 years old, I I was sitting in my little junior high youth, or you know middle school youth group and uh, just starting to go to the, from that from grammar school to, you know, from 11 to 12 year old. And I remember the youth pastor was talking about, hey, like you're starting to enter into a time in life where it's going to be more about your decisions for your life and less and less and less over the years about what your parents tell you to do and more and more about you're going to decide who you are. And this there's never too early to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. And so just simply, I, I went up to my youth pastor uh, after that message, I just said, I believe in God and I think I'm saved, but I just want to make this day the moment where I say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. And and so he prayed for me. And, and I just kind of remember that day, May 6th of 1996 and, and, or 1994. And, uh, and so ever since then, I've been following Jesus. Uh, and then later that summer, my, we moved. Uh, my parents went to a different county to be a part of another church. And, and uh, my dad saw that I was this lonely kid all for this whole summer vacation, summer holiday. And, uh, and he thought, man, well, maybe Phil can learn guitar. So he gave me one of those guitars. He said, Phil, if you fall, if you want to learn how to play this, I'll give you this guitar. And so I started playing and fell in love with music. And the way I learned how to play guitar was um, my dad would give me all these chord charts of these songs that we would sing back then, you know, like, what, like, I could sing of your love forever, which is from the UK, from Martin Smith. And, yeah. and shout to the Lord, all, the, all these 90s songs, what else? Lord, I lift your name on high. You know, these are, these are all the songs we sang in church. 
And so I already knew the melody. I just needed to learn the chords. And so my dad would show me the chords and I'd learn a worship song. And so I ended up over this summer, went from like one, I could sing your love forever to like 150 worship songs in my binder. And I knew how to play them all. And I just fell in love with it. But the cool thing that was happening in my little room as a 13 year old young man um, is I, God was revealing to me his presence and his love in a way like I never knew possible. And, uh, and I started to not just, I wasn't just in love with guitar and music, but I started falling in love with the person Jesus and who he is. And God was using these songs uh, to draw me closer to himself. And I, I started understanding what it means to be in the presence of God before we even probably had the words to say I'm in the presence of God. You know, I just remember thinking, I like spending time with this person I'm singing about. You know, I was not preparing to go on tour or to write songs. I was not preparing to be a worship leader. I was just a lonely boy um, who loved music and was realizing I loved the presence of God too. I love Jesus. And and so later that year, my youth pastor found out that I could play guitar and we needed a worship leader one morning because the one worship leader that was supposed to be there wasn't there. There's about 18 kids in our youth group. And he shows me on stage like, Phil, you're leading today. I was like, no way, bro. I am not getting on stage. I was shy. I, I'd be much more comfortable reading a Narnia book in the corner than being on stage. Cool. Um, and uh, it's, but he pushed me on stage and it went horribly and I messed up the words and I thought, wow, I'll never get this opportunity again. But I had an amazing youth pastor who was like, give it up for Bill, you know, and he, he's like, he's here next week too and the next week and the next week. And so just had a youth pastor that believed in, in, in me, I guess, or believed in the Lord's work, what he could do in me. And so little by little, I learned how to lead worship and started writing songs for my youth group. And by the time I was 14, my dad was like, wow, these songs you're writing are special. We're going to start singing them in our main services and so we started singing my songs in the main services and it was just this beautiful thing to hear the church singing and i remember looking around at all these old and young people the place we we, we went to church at sat about two thousand people and it was i remember one full it was full one sunday morning looking around people were standing and singing this song i'd written i was just felt so small compared to god's grace in my life and i just thought wow god as long as you want me to write songs and sing about you, I will. This is amazing. No one knows that this is my song. I just remember thinking, this is incredible. I got to put these words in, the, in your church's lips. This is what an honor. I just remember even as a young boy thinking about that. And, uh, and so I started writing more and more and more songs. And those songs just little by little organically. Again, this is before like Spotify. This is even before MySpace, Gordon. And Ooh. they just organically. Yeah, That's old. They just are, it's oh, I am old. And uh, it just started organically going all over the place. And, and, uh, and so long story, that's kind of how it started. And then um, these songs just, I, what I've really been doing ever since then, ever since 14, 15, 16, is following God's blessing on these songs in the church and getting opportunities as churches have started singing these songs to go and lead people with the same songs. And as radio started playing the songs, which was crazy. I remember the first time I heard radio, like, what is going on? You know, this is weird. And, and uh, I started touring the songs because I thought, well, maybe people would want to come and sing them with me. And, and, uh, and it's been a, just this incredible, incredible honor. And I don't take it lightly and it doesn't get, it's, it's less old than it's ever been. It's more new feeling to me than it's ever been. The fact that I can just write songs and that, that there's some worship leaders out there and church communities and families and moms that would trust me enough um, to play the songs in their houses and in their communities and to teach their bands at church 
to, to bring in a new song of worship into the church. It's just the hugest honor. And the fact that it even crosses international boundaries and goes across the Atlantic. And you guys sing that over there in the UK would even sing some of them. It's just, it's not, it's still not normal to me. It's like, it's like, goodness, Lord, please help me steward this the best with wisdom and with grace and help me to sing what you want the church. Help me to write what you want the church to sing right now. And so I'm just very, very honored and I feel small under the weight of God's kindness and grace through it all. You're totally right. Uh, certainly in my church, we do sing your songs and uh, and we're very grateful for them. Can you tell me a little bit about how many times, and you talked about touring with your songs, how many times have you come to the UK? It was uh, probably once a year up to 2020. Um, I think I came to the UK for one reason or another ever since I was so our church had some uh, kind of sister churches that we would connect with in the UK, even when I was in youth group. And so I think the first time I went to um, the UK, I was probably 16, 15. And I would say almost about once a year for one reason or another, I would visit uh, I would visit out there. For the last five or six years of like 2014 to 2019, uh, most of those years, uh, Tim Jepp over there at Big Church Day Out, um, would have me come and be a part of that festival, which is beautiful. So, I don't know, I would say about eight to ten times I've been over to the UK. It's pretty cool. Now rebranded Big Church Festival. For anyone thinking of booking Big oh, Church Festivals, yes. what you need Big to go Church to. Big Church Festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is absolutely awesome. So, um, so a really great it's amazing. event. So, so, so you and Tim are friends, I'm going to guess. You mentioned Martin Smith. So, was, was Delirious a really big influence on you? Oh, yes. I remember... As a young, in that same time when I was learning how to play guitar and just beginning to lead worship for my little community of young, uh, uh, young teenagers, um, you know, I was singing these songs we sang in the church, and then I remember I heard the song "Deeper" um, playing over the some speakers at some Christian event I was at, and you know, and the wonder of it all that I'm living just a far more in love with you is is on an early Delirious record, but I remember thinking. I want to sing this song to the Lord. I want to lead my church in it, but I also just want to listen. This sounds like a band I want to be in. This is the band I like. And, and I remember having to scout, like, who is this? And it was harder to find out who people were back then, you know? Yeah, you couldn't, couldn't Shazam them. No. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I found it out and I went and I and I went to my bookstore at the church. So I, I said, you've got to order some of these albums. And so I had them order these Delirious albums to come into the bookstore so I could buy one, uh, these CDs. And uh, and so I remember listening to that album, that record, and just thinking, uh, "Wow, these these guys have have found something really special." Where I I didn't think this, I didn't think you were allowed to write and make the music just sound however kind of music you'd want it to sound like, but still be something you could play in church. I thought there was a praise band kind of style of music back then. Um, like even even what my church did was kind of progressive for the time. It was drums and electric guitar and all that. Before that, it was just choirs and big orchestras and stuff, or pianos or organs or whatever. And uh, and so I remember thinking, wow, you can you can make whatever music you want, and then just sing about Jesus and write it with a with a servant's heart for the church, and it could probably work. And so that set me on a trajectory of really. That's when I really started writing songs. I realized, oh, I can write whatever. I can write the songs. I'd be I'd be excited to play anywhere not just in church. Um, so it, 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 it uh, hit me right in my, in my artist uh, core, but it also hit me in my core of wanting to give my church new songs to sing. Okay, real inspiration then. And which are the artists who've actually invested into you to help you get to being 
as big an influence in the music scene for Christians as you are right now? Uh, I mean, there's so many, and mostly indirectly, you know, just being in rooms with guys, watching how people lead, watching more, watching on stage how, how guys and girls lead, but more so it's it's the men that have kind of gone a little bit before me. I almost call them like older brothers. I'll, you know, I'll call like Matt, Matt Redman and Chris Tomlin, Paul Balosh, um, uh, goodness gracious, there's so many that, that I'm trying to think and make sure that you, you guys would know the names too. But there's a band called Mercy Me that uh, they were a part of me getting signed with a label and took me out on my first tour, yeah. you know. And so there's, there's so there's so many. I love watching. I always learn from everybody that's been doing it a long time. I, I watch how they, um, they, they deliver a song or or honestly more how they carry the crowd in between songs is where I, I like to learn a lot of like, okay, what kind of stories you tell and how do you lead into this moment and all that? And I've learned so much over the years, but it's really being on a, like on a tour backstage and watching these guys that are faithful to their calling, how they treat their crew and how they create um, an atmosphere of community and kingdom mindedness on a tour and all that. That's the stuff where I'm like, okay, when you're at this at that level, like I remember, I got to go on tour with my, my first tour with Tomlin. Maybe I don't know. I was probably ten years ago, but just you know, he's just Chris Tomlin. He's writing "How Great Is Our God," and everybody knows his songs. And this is a big tour, and all all this production, and but then just being in those Sunday morning devotionals that he would he would get the whole tour together, and we'd open the scriptures together, and he would read and. He'd kind of lead that moment, ask how people are doing. And just, just, it was so, as a young man, seeing someone that was 10 years ahead of me, how, how he led with such kingdom mindedness and availability and vulnerability and really let everybody know, like, this is why we're here and this is the goal and put, putting the wind in everybody's sails. So everybody's going in the right, in the same direction. You know, that's what I learned. I feel like I learned from Chris more than anything is how, how he took a big thing, but had it everybody okay this is what we're doing clearly this is our goal this is what i feel like the lord has for tonight um let's all move in this direction you know let's pray in this direction let's speak from the stage in this direction it's like oh this is so, so it's moments like that where i'll carry i'll carry that moment i specifically remember once i'll carry that with me the rest of my life and i've applied that so many times as i've i've now come into a place where it's like okay we're all about to walk on stage there's between the bands and and the crew, there's 50 people here. And it's like, not to not shy away from those moments, but to remember, this is a moment where you could cast vision and everybody can, everyone knows where we're going, you know? And so that's one specific example about, it's the offstage things that really, the offstage faithfulness, I would call it, you know, of, of, of these guys that have gone before that yeah. really speaks to my heart. Oh, that, well, that's encouragement. I guess whatever field we're in, it's important to, to look and glean insight and wisdom from those people who are already specialists in it. So yes. think of people who are evangelists, right? If, you're, if you've got an evangelistic heart, sorry, Phil, just totally going off topic because you're here for worship, really. But if you're an evangelist, go and find some people who are great evangelists uh, and really love people well and, and learn some tips from them because you probably need that input. Sorry, Phil, just segueing off That's into great. something that I wanted to mention for no particular reason other than I just want to make sure people follow what God's calling is on them. You know, we've got another song to play from you uh, and we would love to hear all about him of heaven yes uh another song uh, so many of the, the the songs from my album hymn of heaven um were written during 2020 which I, I found myself having a lot of time to write during that year uh and also wanting to really speak 
hope in life. Um, just over even the people in my, in my life who were discouraged and frustrated. And, and, uh, and I, I remember I was talking to my, my good friend, Brian Johnson, who's a part of, um, Bethel for years. And we, we've written several songs together and, uh, we were just, we were just kind of both in a similar place of, as we were watching the news and everything, just, we're just talking about, man, can you imagine the moment all these people that, that, that every knee will bow, every eye will see, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Like, can you, like every one of these talking, talking heads on the news and these people riding in the streets and all these different opinions, every one of them, there's going to be a, a moment where we're all going to see the face of God. And it's going to be a different moment for a lot of people. You know, they're going to, it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's, everybody's going to have their individual moment of coming face to face with the truth of Jesus. And we're just blowing our minds at that and how thankful we are that we, we know him on this side of eternity and, and just like the hope that we have in heaven. Don't you wish every, everybody could just, we're just, don't you wish everybody could understand the hope that we have, you know, and how it informs everything, everything in our life. And, we don't even have to be afraid of death. Isn't that crazy? And, and we just started, well, let's sing. We should write a song about heaven. Like, you know, and, and so, so we, he's like, actually I have this little idea and it just, there will be a day, you know, when all will bow before him. I was like, wow, that's beautiful. You know? And, and I was actually out on a jog. I was talking, I write a lot of songs. I write, come out with a lot of lyrics when I'm out on a jog. I don't know what it is. Um, and, and so I was like, oh. I was breathing hard. I was like, <laughs> I was like and, but it was beautiful. And I remember it was like sunset and I lived by the beach here in Sandy, in San Diego and just an awesome day. And, and so I just remember looking, it's like, man, what if we just started like how I long to breathe the air of heaven, just to be there, you know, or, and then we talk about what that means where pain is God gone and where pain is gone. And, uh, and he's like, man, what I mean, mercy fills the streets, not writing, not this, not that, like where mercy fills the streets. It's like, yes, you know, it just sort of, it was one of those, one of those moments, uh, it doesn't come very often in when I write a lot of writing for me is tiny moments of inspiration and a lot of perspiration of getting that across the finish line. But this was just like, felt like a downpour of God's kindness, um, and heart. Uh, and it just kind of kept flowing and kept flowing and then all of a sudden we had this song and it's been amazing to watch it now be a part of a lot of moments where people uh, were looking for hope and I'm so excited to share it with everybody out there now. Hymn of Heaven by Phil Wickham, and I'm so glad that Phil is here with us for the artist interview. Phil, thanks for sharing uh, the reasoning behind that song, uh, the goodness and the hope that it has 
it'd be lovely if you were happy right now to pray for our listeners. Yes. All you listeners out there, thanks for tuning in. It's an honor to have a moment of your time. And as we just listen to Hymn of Heaven, um, I'm just, and thinking of that song, just a fresh renewal of hope in my heart for all that uh, God has for us. I love this verse in the scriptures. It says, eye is not seen, nor ear is heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And when I sing, when I say that verse, it, it leads me to other promises we have in the scripture, that there is no condemnation in Christ, that, that he is working things together for good to those who love him, the call according to his purpose, that he knows the plans that he has for you. Um, he, he, there are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. I'm even reminded of this, this Psalm that the whole, so much of the world knows, but just to dwell on it for a second, the Lord is my shepherd that I don't want anything else. The Lord is my my shepherd. I shall not want. What a beautiful thing that when we let him lead us and let his love take us to where he wants us to go, that we don't have to clamor for anything or search for anything to fulfill us, that we know he's going to supply needs. We know he's going to always be there. We if, So I, my, where I'm going to pray in the direction I feel led to is just that you would be hyper aware of the promises that you have in Jesus today, that, that you don't have to be afraid of death or the future, that he is that he is with you, that he is for you, that he is working stuff together for good for you, that he is leading you and guiding you. And, uh, and so if you're feeling stuck right now, if you feel like you got stuff in front of you that feels too big, if you're feeling frustrated, anxious, if you're going through relational problems in, the, in, the, in your home, um, if you're looking for God to break through, just know that his timing is perfect and he's with you. So with all that, I, I love I love quoting scripture before I pray because it reminds me of what we have in him. So as now let that build our faith that we say, God, I thank you so much that you are not some distant being, aloof. To what we're doing, but you call out, you you call yourself Emmanuel, God with us, Lord. That you you tell us to call you Father, Papa, Dad, Lord. That's what Jesus says in this for pray in this way. Pray, our Father who's in heaven, holy is your name, and Lord. So we come to you as a Father who who knows how to give good things and knows us better than we know ourselves. We thank you that you are a shepherd that walks with us and leads us, Lord. We thank you that. You, are, you have a plan for us, that you're taking us from one place to another, from glory to glory. Lord, and I, I pray that for everyone listening out there, that they would know your shepherding, your leading, your fatherly guidance in a way like they never have before. I pray for those out there, God, who are feeling stuck in a, in a stagnant place, who are feeling up against a wall, who feel like they don't know where to turn next. God, I pray that they would be so aware of the God that is so above it all, the God who says, open your eyes and look just like back in the old Testament. And it looked like it was this insurmountable army in front of them. But then they looked to the hills, the armies of God were all around. And that's where, that's what you really are doing, Lord. So I pray that you'd open uh, our eyes collectively, Lord, not just to what, what looks big in front of us, Lord, but to the much bigger thing that you are doing all around us, Lord. I pray that we'd be aware of your presence. God, may your grace fall like rain upon our houses upon our families, upon our marriages, Lord. Lord, we lean into the promises and the love that you give and ask that you would make yourself more real. Lord, we know you're real, but make yourself more real to us, Lord, that the awareness of the reality of Jesus, of you, Jesus, of your love, of your kindness, of your grace, Lord, that you would open our hearts 
to the heavenly things, to the heavenlies, God, so that we might know you more, trust you more. Thank you so much that you're with us. Jesus, thank you so much that you walk beside us. We ask that you would open our eyes to the greater thing that you are doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Phil. Uh, If you're listening at home and you're not sure who this Jesus is that we're talking about, Just want to encourage you to get along, if you're in the UK, to www.findachurch.co.uk because there are many churches that would love to help you find more of God's love. If you're listening to one of our partner stations worldwide, uh, just contact the station and say, hey, can you recommend a great church? I need to find out more about this amazing God. Phil, thanks very much for praying from your heart and and leading us into it so well. Um, Can I ask a question about your ministry, it is impacting loads of people's lives. Loads of people maybe just start with singing the songs because they're at church, but actually the lyrics speak to people. Do you, have you got some testimonies really that people have shared with you about how the songs you've written have changed and impacted them? Yeah, I have. You know, over the year, you do it long enough and you sing about the truth of Jesus, uh, then it's all, that's it's what you're going to start hearing because Jesus says the truth will set you free. And and that, I think that means a lot of things for, that can mean that freedom can come in lots of different forms. You know, um, we have had direct, uh, healings during, uh, concerts and during moments when there's been prayer. Um, I remember specifically just the most recent one is a person, uh, person that was randomly someone called out as like, I think God wants to heal someone from asthma on stage and ended up being my really good friend, um, that had been suffering from asthma, uh, for his whole life. And, and he, he, I saw him in the back of the room. He's part of the tour. He leaned over crying. He just felt like it was for him. And people gathered around him and prayed for him. And and, uh, and ever since that moment, he he had needed an inhaler his whole life. And now he he does marathons and he hasn't had to use it once before. So wow. that, that was like a beautiful. It's sometimes it's like you get an email or something's so always healed. It's like beautiful. I believe that's true. But it's it's rare when it, it's like, oh thank you Lord. This is my friend that I go everywhere with, and he he literally had ticket healer almost every day and he doesn't anymore. And thank you, God. So that's like one moment that came to mind. But then I, I think ultimately there's so, so many people that have talk, called in about how the, just, just like how this, this podcast could do for someone who just happens to come across it or listens to it. It's just what I, what I feel is, is one of my biggest callings. Uh, you know, I think you can say it in a lot of different ways, but I just want to, I want to remind the church who God is with my songs and then, give them some words uh, to respond as they're being reminded, give them some words to respond to this amazing God, you know? And so just, just reawakening hearts to his presence and his love, his nearness and what it means for us today. And and so, and then also it's like, okay, if this is all true, let's all sing together, you know? So that's like the coupling of what I believe my songs are supposed to do. And so when you're doing that, just over and over and over again, uh, every day people writing in is like, Hey, I've listened to you since you started for the first record, but I just heard your new song and I was going through this uh, situation uh, in, in my marriage and I felt like it was falling apart, but we heard this song. This, this just happened recently. We both heard this song together and realized how petty we were being in light of how amazing God is being. And we right then we prayed together to, rem- to rem- and we asked God for that, the God that you were singing about, not the God that we kind of created in our minds, but the God that you're singing to be the God of our marriage. And, and it's been a beautiful thing and, and God is restoring it. It's like, thank you, God, you know, all the way to people coming along. It's like, hey, I saw you on a, a list of people that were nominated for Grammy. I had no idea who you were. I listened to your music. I don't know Jesus, but you make me want to know him. 
can you tell me more about him? You know, oh, which is amazing. That's exciting, isn't it? Yeah. And just yesterday I was, I was at the store. Uh, my family was buying something we needed and, and the manager recognized me and, and the woman that was helping me out didn't know me. She's from the, like, just from the middle East. And, uh, and this is beautiful. Um, and, uh, and the manager's like, they look him. And she, he looks down and he's like, this guy writes a lot. This guy in the Christian in, in churches, is kind of a big deal. You know, I'm like, no, I'm not, I'm not a big deal. You know? And uh, she's like, oh, I don't, I didn't know. And she's like, so what do you do? And he laughed and I was like, well, I just, I'm not a big deal. So some people sing my songs in churches, but I just sing about Jesus and it's wild that I can do it for a job. I, Jesus changed my life. And, and uh, I just, I, I want to devote my whole life to thinking about him and telling people about him. Cause it's, I just think he's worth it. And she started crying and she said, well, can I show you something? And she pulled out of her desk. This was yesterday. Full of her desk, it was a Bible, a New Testament in Farsi. She said, someone gave me this two days ago and said that I needed to know who Jesus was. And when they said that to me, I thought, I do. I do need to know who Jesus is. And she's like, I grew up a Muslim. And I just, my whole life, I, I saw contradictions in my upbringing that I just, I, I didn't, I didn't feel right in my, in my insides. Stuff that I just knew it. this isn't for me. And, but there was parts of it that felt right. And then I, and then so someone said, you need to find out about Jesus. And, and she's like, I'm starting to read it and I, and it's beautiful, but I also don't understand like what it, like, what am I supposed to do? And I'm just like, well, and so we stopped what we were doing and we spent the next 15 minutes. We're just like, this is what the gospel says. And we, I believe I'm a sinner and I believe you are too. And, and, and I don't mean that in an offensive way. I just think it's a fact. It says the Bible says all of sin and falling short of the glory of God. And because of that, we needed a savior. I know I need a savior. And it was, it's Jesus. And I, I've looked at other religions. If, like, honest, I'm, I'm not, like, if there was something, if there was another thing that seemed true, I, I, but there's nothing more true than this story. It's just in my heart. I know it to be true. I've heard, I've seen God respond. He's answered direct prayers. I've seen people get healed, set free from addiction. It's just, it's real. And I said her name and, and, um, and I believe God set this whole thing up because I had to drive like an hour to get the specific thing and, and nowhere else had it. And I, I believe God loves you so much that I couldn't find what I needed except for this place so that we could be here right now. So I could tell you, God loves you and, and he wants you to know him and he's got an awesome plan for your life. And it's, and it's all starts with you knowing Jesus and, and, and you don't need to go to a church to, to become a Christian. You don't need, you can do it like right now in your heart to Jesus. I know I need you. Forgive me my sins. I'm going to follow you. She's like, okay, I, I do. I say that. I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's beautiful. And I was like, well, awesome. She's like, I want to, I followed you. I want to follow, I follow Jesus now. I was like, yes, you know. And, like, and then I, I sent her, I told her about a great church in the area and invited her to my next concert. And it's just like, the Lord is so sweet. He's so kind. And I, it's amazing that I feel very compelled recently. Um, ever since a few events, I've, long story, but I feel so compelled to carry the gospel um, and excited to carry the God in a, in a new way of, of just uh, like people need it so badly. And I think everybody, I think people, I think the world, and I think there's little pockets of things happening where I think the world is so ready and willing to hear normal, kind people just tell their testimony of how Jesus changed their life and welcoming people in. I think, I think the more, the more I realize, Oh, it's, people want to 
whether it's next to someone, some stranger on a plane or a neighbor or whatever, it's like when I open up about my relationship with Jesus and tell people about how Jesus changed my life and saved my life, it's like, it's like people can't help but cry. You know, people can't help but say, I want to know more. And, uh, and it just feels like God is doing an amazing thing. And I don't know if it's in me or it's in the world where I just think like he's, there's a, there's an awakening coming and I, he's just looking for people to, to open their mouths and open their hearts in love. Um, and so I encourage all you, all you believers out there who are listening, um, to, to not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ, but also to not punch people in the face with it. Just your testimony um, that you will overcome by the blood of the Lamb, He's by what He has done, and the word of your testimony. Just this with a smile on your face and joy in your heart, being so blatantly unashamed of, wow, Jesus is changed, changed my life. And I love, you know, and you can ask me about Him if you want, but I just want to tell you about, like, I just want to talk about my, that's my life, Jesus, you know. And when you're that in that kind of, this is, I don't know, I don't even know what I'm saying. But all you Christians out there, don't be ashamed. The world is so hungry for truth and joy and hope. And all you people that are just watching, Jesus loves you. And and he wants to know you. And he wants to give you an, an eternity in heaven. And he wants to save your soul and, and make you become everything you're created to be. And that all starts with a relationship with him. And so even right now, you can say, Jesus, come into my heart. Uh, forgive me of my sins. I want to follow you. I turn away from that which you say is death, and I turn towards that which you say is life. Um, and I cannot wait to see in heaven, like like uh, Gordon was saying, go to an awesome church, start learning about what it means to follow Jesus. That's a big part of knowing Jesus is following him. And, and uh, so, yeah, amen. 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 Phil Wickham, what an awesome bit of an interview i am grateful for you just sharing your heart just then listeners you know uh, do get in touch with us here at the station or the station listening to if you just want any advice but find a church find a christian friend somebody you know that's really going for god grab a bible have a look maybe read the book of john just start start and start in the new testament somewhere and just find out more about who this amazing jesus is that clearly uh, phil is desperately in love with that is so cool Phil, I need your help with something else because you've got a bit of wisdom on you, I'm, I'm guessing. And this is, uh, this is a genuine request uh, for some wisdom about worship leading, which okay. is sort of your thing. Okay, so this is what, it's not from me. I can't play a note. I know nothing about worship. I, well, I like to worship, but I can't say. <laughs> so here's a question. So it's quite long. Uh, so I used to be a worship leader at a different church and I had to step down because I realized that pride and insecurity were consuming me. Mm. Now that I got planted into a different church and I've grown a lot, I've come to love worshiping again and the genuine heart and desire to lead people into worship started stirring in me. But I am now in deep confusion because whenever I give my best in singing uh, with the rest of the congregation on stage, I always get distracted with thoughts of you're doing it pridefully again. You're trying to sing good so that they'll recruit you. You're not giving it your best. You're just performing. I do try to focus on God, who is the heart of worship, but I'm just so confused as to what's happening. And I do get distracted whenever I worship. Am I the only one? What's uh, your say and advice on this? Well, I don't know if you gave me a name, but whoever you are, that's thanks for your vulnerability. And uh, you know what? Let me say, let me just be a little bit like a word of grace over your life and just say we're all human and we all have our things to deal with. And each one of us, man, has to has to come and come face to face with our ego in one way or another for sure come face to face with our insecurities in one way or another. Well, you know what I would not underestimate is the power of prayer, the power of saying, God, you know my heart. 
I believe, you know, I, you know what I love to do, you know, I don't want to love to do, you know, I want to do this right. I mean, even Paul, the apostle, like the, he's the pillar of our faith. He he says, follow me as I follow Christ. And then he's got verses like, why do I keep doing the things I don't want to do? And why do I do the things I don't want to do? You know, and we're all just human, you know? So let me say first, like, if you, like, if you change your perspective as best you can, this is, like I said, the power of prayer, Lord, make me a servant. Make me a servant of your gospel. Make me a servant to the church. Give me a servant's heart. And you, and that's how I have to walk. I have to always pray that prayer. Every venue I walk into, Lord, help me remember I'm a servant. I'm not here to be served. I'm not here to serve my own ambitions. I'm here to serve you. And you know, as a, such a huge practical thing for my, what I do to prepare my heart for worship, like when I'm in the car driving to a church or I'm in the bus about to walk into a venue, is I spend a moment um, in thankfulness to God. And you think, huh, thankfulness. I thought you're going to say something else, like whipping yourself on the back or something, you know, what else? No, I spent yeah. a moment saying, thank you, God. You know, and I just go through a list and, and, and not, not in a list I've written down, but thank you from the breath of my lungs. You gave it to me. How can I not give it back to you? Thank you for the, my heart's still beating and it feels healthy. Ah, thank you. Oh, thank you for my wife and kids at home. I'll be with them. And thank you for the sunshine. Shine out, and then it eventually turns to thank you for the grace that you've given. Goodness, if I just think about all the times I went back to the stuff I said I wouldn't go back to, but you still forgave me. Thank, thank you that I can even have an opportunity to get on the stage. I am so only there by your grace. And it, it just it, it, it's to prepare your own heart to be um, to respond to God because you've reminded yourself through thankfulness uh, of who He is and what He's done. Um, so once you start overwhelming your heart and your mind. Um, with reasons to respond to God uh, in worship, that starts kind of taking over the feelings of like, am I doing good enough? Do they think I'm great? Those feelings are human and are, are and, and are part of life. So don't, you know, don't go and beat yourself up about it every time you do it. I get it. Like we're all trying to deal with our egos. Chill out over yourself. Like it's okay. There's grace. There's grace for you. But that being said, um, make sure your leadership is calling you. If your leadership is giving you an open door, hey, you're great at this. My, our church really sings when you sing. Um, it's a blessing. It's like, okay, like I'm here to serve. And no one else, there's not many other people here. Like I'm, I want to fill the gap. That's awesome. And I love doing it. I think that's a huge, a huge telltale sign of where you're called is do you love doing it? And is God getting glorified? Awesome. Um, is it nice for people to clap? Yeah. Like it's great to know that people did a good job. Like, should you be consumed with like how great you're? No, if if you're finding yourself in a place of like always thinking about yourself, then I think you you need to you need may, maybe prepare your heart a little bit in a different way. If you're in the scriptures, reminding yourself who God is and what He's done. If as you're going into the church, you spent 30 minutes thanking God for everything He saved you from and everything He's given you. Um, if you're walking in saying, "Lord, I'm here to serve," Lord, even if that means that I'll, all I do is pick the songs and all the other people on stage is leading, and I'm going to be so pumped as they lead me into worship. I don't care. I just want you to be worshipped, you know. And you got to you almost like preach to your own heart. Like that's who I want to be. I want to be the guy who does not care if he sings one song today. If all I do is strum an acoustic guitar, then I'm here to just smile and sing along off the mic. Because I cannot wait for my sister and my brother on stage to lead me in worship. And that and when you just preach to your soul, that's where you want to be, you know. And if you're the only guy on stage, it's like, well, then I want to, you know. And and if, you know, and I would say 
you saying you're singing your hardest or your best, like I hope you're singing as good as you can, but also like don't try to be all fancy with your voice when you're leading worship. No one wants to hear you try to be Beyonce on stage. You know what I mean? Just uh, just sing the songs, worship God. Um, he's giving you it all in the first place and he's asked for it. Yeah, so I would just like, it sounds like you're, I get it. You're going through a thing and you're kind of anxious about it, but I would ask God to relieve you of that anxiety and relieve you of that worry and just you have to come before him just as, as Mary did, uh, there's this story of Mary and Martha, um, where Martha is like doing what you think would be the right thing to do. She's getting all the food together and there's a big gathering and she's doing all the work and she's serving everybody and she's doing it well. And Martha's just sitting there at the feet of Jesus, listening to everything he has to say. And Martha rebukes Mary kind of through Jesus, like, Jesus, aren't you going to, I can't believe she says this to God, like, Jesus, aren't you gonna, you know, aren't you going to tell Mary that she needs to get up and help? And and then Jesus so sweetly, which I think Jesus would say the same thing to you too, not with a pointed finger of like, why are you so prideful? But Jesus so sweetly says her name twice, Martha, Martha, you know, I just, I just, I see, I hear that in my, in my, in my mind is just not just so Martha, Martha, like I know your intentions are great, but Mary's chosen. There's only one thing that's needed and Mary's chosen it, you know, sit at my feet. And, and so I think if you, if you practice doing that off the stage, then I think it will be um, a natural progression that your heart will just be sitting at the feet of Jesus. And there won't be time in your mind uh, to be thinking through all these things that you're worried about thinking through. So practice that off the stage. And that would be, uh, sorry, that was a really long answer. All I needed to say was that last part, sit at the feet of Jesus off stage and watch how it changes your perspective on stage. Do you know, it, it was a long answer, Phil, but I'm really glad that I listened to every word of it because I tell you what, that's going to be a huge blessing. Uh, and I bet you that this is not the only person with that question, but um, I loved, loved hearing your answer. So, so thank you, Phil. You've toured around the world. You've played countless different venues. Has there been a moment where either it feels that everything's going wrong, wrong and God's just humbling you in the moment, or maybe a comical story or something where it's all gone wrong, but God's put it all right. Oh, yes. There's been many moments where it feels like this is falling apart over the years. Uh, there's a few that come to mind. One, this is a short answer. One, it was when I was early on, like starting, and I was traveling around doing my own like kind of first tour. And there's a there's a room and it actually was filling up with people. I'm like, wow, people are here. This is amazing. And I was getting excited and it was this rocking song. And I thought, when, when you're rocking, you jump on, you know, the, the drum risers about about higher than the state. So I was going to jump up on the drum riser and just kind of rock and jump off. Like, I guess I must've thought I was a rock star or something. And uh, so I turn around and I, I misgate, I misjudged it. It, I thought the drum riser was like two feet and it was like four. And, but I still went for it and my feet hit the drum riser and I felt playing guitar, fell into the drums, knocked over the cymbals just the it's not even funny because it's just so embarrassing it's just horrible. i'm so shocked and no it was just <laughs> shocking and it wasn't like people laughed or clapped it was just the band kind of died down and it was just quiet and i'm just like oh this is the worst so i get back up there i'm like i won't try that again you know people kind of laugh and then we, we keep going so that was less than one Whoa. another there's another time and this wasn't too long ago this is probably four years ago um we had a new guitar player playing with us uh, who I knew a long time. He's a great guitar player, but he was really excited. And uh, he changed all his strings before the show. And it was, it was pretty, 
it was outside at this little arena, maybe six, 7,000 people. And, uh, and so he, you know, we practice and, uh, and then we rehearse and, um, and the sound check, everything goes great. It's like, okay, our, this is awesome. It was rocking. And then he changes his strings, but he tunes them to normal tuning, but our whole band had been tuned a half step down. Um, and he forgot about that. So he tuned it to normal. So when we start the first song, it was a song of mine called Great Things. And so there's a big guitar part. And he's so excited. He's digging into it. He's playing as hard as he can. And the whole intro, the guitar is a half step above the rest of the band. And it's like the loudest thing on the stage, the loudest thing in the in the PA. And he's so excited. He's not even paying attention to the fact that it sounds horrible. He's just like in it. And uh, it, it was, it sounded like, the worst death metal band. <laughs> like it just sounded like the worst thing you've ever heard in your life. And, uh, and I'm just like, Oh my goodness. What a way to start in front of 6,000 people. So those are two, two moments where I just could not, that's, that's a moment where you're like, you're not going to come, you're not coming back from this. You just got to finish the set <laughs> oh, and, no. uh, and get over it later. Gosh. Okay. Yeah. That, that does sound, that does sound quite embarrassing. I'm sorry. That. Although I was talking to my friend, Micah Tyler. Now there was a time when he was on stage uh, and he was doing a warm up for this other guy who was meant to be coming uh, on the main, the main acts that night. And he was playing and everyone was shouting for the next person to come on. And they were all shouting, Phil, Phil, yes, Phil, yes, yes, Phil. Yes. And, and then the backstage, they said, Phil's missed his plane. He can't come. And, and the guy went back out onto stage and, and introduced, oh, he introduced Michael Tyler and said that Phil can't make it. And he, and he said, Michael Taylor is going to play for you. And, uh, and Phil, uh, and, and, and Micah actually yeah. said, he, he got up there. Do you know this story? Cause he's, cause he's, he, got, he got up there and he said, he said, I'm, I'm the Will Fickham tribute band. And I've always remembered That's that. Amazing. It's a lovely. He's so clever. Yeah, he's a great it's, guy. So, um, and, he's and a that, great guy. And now it's amazing to see. I remember it, that was back when he was just a Texas guy playing, playing at Texas churches. And now his songs are all over the radio yeah. here in the States. And, and in the UK. It's so cool to see what God has done. And, uh, and in the UK too. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, but I guess for him, that was a slightly embarrassing moment actually caused by you so um so why did why didn't you get on the plane i know i got on every plane so i was i uh it was horrible weather um we were on a plane from hershey pennsylvania to dallas that got redirected from dallas to oklahoma city because dallas had a storm and so then we got from oklahoma city to houston because we couldn't get to dallas but then that plane ended up getting uh getting delayed so then we got on a flight from to another texas city um, and then we got there, but then, and then we were going to rent a car and drive the whole way. But then the, it, it was just a horrible day. I've, I've missed hardly anything. I, I, I hate missing. I, I don't cancel shows, you know, I don't cancel events, but we just could not make it. We tried everything in our power. In, I, I suspect in that case, probably you are in this moment absolved of that. So <laughs> it sounds like you did everything you possibly could to be there. We did. So, we even, we looked at charter flights and we're just like, can we, we looked at helicopters. We're like, how do we get there? You know? Wow. Okay. It's, it's good to hear the other side of it. So, although actually he was really nice about you as well. So that's good. So, okay. Good buddy. We have got, we've just got time for one more song from you. Uh, and this is your brand new song uh, called This Is Our God. Am I right that we're going to be having an album before too long from you? August is the full album and we're going to be releasing uh, one song every two months leading up to August. So the first one is January 2023 and then 
uh, March, um, March, April, May, June, July, and then August. And I, I, I'm excited about all the albums, but I, 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 I'm trying not to be too, too try not to gush. I cannot wait for these songs to come out. And this is our God is kind of, there were several songs that we were looking at for the first single on this album, but it just felt like this is our God was almost like a thesis statement for the rest of the album. And just saying, stating who he is getting back to just like, uh, or just what do we believe who God is? Who do we believe God is? What do we believe he's done? What does that mean for me today? basic church orthodoxy set to new fresh melody and lyrics is I just felt so feel so compelled just like to to sing the simple gospel um with this new album and I, I've talked a little bit about that already in this in this interview uh but I'm just so excited uh for all these songs um, there's one called Sunday is coming that's coming out before Easter there's one called the Jesus way that talks about following Jesus there's one called I believe that's kind of a modern creed it just really kind of falls into this umbrella of of getting back to the basics, drawing a line in the sand to say, this is who I believe in and who I stand with. And I cannot wait for these songs to come out, but this is our God. Um, it's, it's been amazing since, since we released it recently to, to sing it live and hear people singing it out. And uh, it just, it, I think it's a great um, bow on the end of a, a, com- a nice, a great conversation with you about we're just, who we've been talking about and what's been getting our, our hearts just so excited. It's just the simple people, connecting with Jesus in new and fresh and powerful ways. And, and uh, so th- if this, this is our God is kind of like, well, wrote it from a place of, if anybody, if I had it, if I needed a song, that's, if someone was asking me, why do you do what you do? And why is God important to you? And I could just be like, listen to this song, you know, this, and, and, uh, and this is who, this is who I believe in. This is what he's done for me. Um, this is our God. So I hope it's a blessing to some people out there. Nobody but Jesus. This is our God by the wonderful Phil Wickham. I hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as I enjoyed chatting to him. What a great guy. And you know, there are many other interviews as well from lots of talented and God-loving artists. Great stories, great music that you can catch up on at any point. Just go to your favourite podcast platform and search up The Artist Interview. I'm Gordon T. It's my privilege to be your host. I look forward to catching you on the next episode.